Quick shout out from our sponsor, Sheer ID. Are you trying to boost conversions to your Shopify store? Need to drive more customer loyalty? Get results fast by offering exclusive discounts to consumer communities with Sheer ID. Sheer ID helps verify students, teachers, military, first responders, and so much more of these groups. With Sheer ID, you'll get a verified match in seconds, and you can spit out an exclusive discount for customers on the spot. Try speaking directly to a new customer segment with this verifiable identity without adding friction to the shopping experience. Continue to drive incremental revenue in the next 90 days post-purchase with more tailored messaging for your email and SMS campaigns. I personally tested ShareID to see just how easy it was to get set up, and I was pretty much ready to go in under 15 minutes. The onboarding was simple enough for me to follow as a non-technical person. Go to sheerid.com slash Shopify and start your free trial today. Once again, that's sheerid.com slash Shopify and start your free trial today. That's uh, great stuff. We both tried it. We both Dude, like it. it. Honestly, and... God, I've been drinking nothing else for three months. I you know, I think in like February, I tweeted saying I was having issues with caffeine. And I was just like a jittery mess. And Greg replied to me like, well, just try this. If it's no good, I'll refund you. Uh, honestly, I haven't stopped since. It's fantastic. I love it. Go to nowave.co and use pod 10 for 10% off your order. That is N-O-O-Wave.co and use code pod 10 for 10% off your entire order. Hello and welcome to the Brand Builders Podcast. We have Tom Brown and myself, Matt Lady, as your co-hosts. Each week, we'll have a catch-up and open forum chit-chat about how our businesses, careers, and what's our minds uh, in the D2C land, what we're struggling with, what we're winning with. We just want to show you the ups and the downs, the good and the bad from building a brand. Tom, welcome to the show. How's it going, man? Pretty good, man. How are you doing? I'm awesome. I'm doing well. We're just getting a, a little bit more interest about head of growth stuff uh, and opened it up to Twitter. And in the first hour, I got three people reached out to me to uh, connect. Uh, so beyond that one job I was talking about last time, I uh, got some more opportunities to kind of check out. So really cool. excited to uh, meet with people in the next week or so about all that. Um, very, very cool. Anything you were... can kind of talk to yet or are we still sort of in the pipeline? Not yet. A little too early. Uh, just really brand, brand new opportunities. Um, some of them I don't even know fully yet. Um, mm -hmm. Some of them give, kind of give me a little glimpse, but uh, yeah, definitely some good stuff in case that first one doesn't uh, pan out. So Good stuff. Uh, yeah, excited, excited for that. So we were just about to start talking before we hit record, and <laughs> it was really good conversation. So I said, "Stop, Tom, we're gonna hit record." So uh, you were talking and meeting with people, and this came up, and you're talking about how uh, ads, shipping, a lot of costs are just a lot cheaper and a lot more affordable and accessible for brands uh, distributing to the UK. And Europe and this like overseas it, for a lot of like US based brands. Like, tell me a little bit more about that. Tell me about what your experience and like where are we coming from? How are we going to get started on this? Definitely do. I mean, selfishly, I, I kind of want to keep this like a, a little secret of my own little world. That's <laughs> kind of nice, but equally, I don't have the bandwidth to do it all. So, like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've, I've worked with a lot of brands in the UK, actually predominantly in the US. And it's been kind of a process over the last few years, not many of them. Like just bringing a few or bringing like a few product ideas that have got like really good product market fit in the US, bringing them over to the UK and almost like replicating that model or, you know, positioning them under a slightly different brand. 
Um, and you, you're right. What you just said, like the, the ad costs here are astronomically cheaper compared to the US, you know, whether it's Facebook, Google or anything else. Um, shipping costs are stupid cheap compared to the US. I can tell you, like on one of the brands we've got, like next day shipping, I think costs us one pound sixty four, which to put in retrospect is like probably about two, three dollars. That's that's like everything box product, like everything next day wow. delivered anywhere in the United Kingdom. Um, like the, the confusing aspect I think most people start to run into is like VAT, which is a, a sales tax essentially in the UK and Europe, um, which it can definitely trip a lot of people up, particularly like US merchants coming across to the UK. It's something that's typically included in the price. So whereas in the US, you, know, you might get to the counter and like get to check out and then you pay sales tax on top of that. A price that you see in the UK and Europe typically includes sales tax. So it's not a direct comparison. It's why very often like prices here look like they're 20% higher versus the US. Um, but by and large, like, yes, it's a smaller market. You know, if you're just looking at the UK, like just native English speakers versus the US, you know, it's like 60, 70 million people versus 310. It's, it's a smaller market. We're less capitalist, I would say. But there is still like an enormous amount of people here to, to reach. And I mean, the, the way I've kind of always looked at the UK and it's, the, the gap is getting smaller, but it, we've always been like somewhere between like two to five years behind the US. You can almost white, watch the wave come across. You know, something blows up in the US. I mean, from my own experience was like, you know, early 2010s, like 2010 through 2012, like Quest Bars, et cetera. You know, the protein world, the supplement world was just exploding in the US and the UK hadn't really caught on. You know, I was one of the, the earlier importers of quest bars bringing those in around like 2014 2015 and they were just taken off like a rocket you know the u.s had already had, had like this swell or was you know, still in the midst of it and the uk was just starting to pick up and i've, I've kind of watched that habit happen again and again and again but it's, it works beautifully so it's it's getting shorter you know we're seeing stuff happen in the u.s into like 12 to 24 months until it arrives on the uk shores but there's definitely like this gap of look at what's happening in the u.s and just look at is there anyone even doing it in the United Kingdom? And by and large, like, no, we're not. <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of going on a bit of a tangent here, but like, typically I wouldn't say we're that entrepreneurially minded here in the UK. We're far more risk averse. So for those that are willing to take a bit of a step out and try and figure it out, like th there's a big opportunity here. Okay. I think. So, yeah. So that's a good starting point. And thanks for breaking that down for us. So let me make sure I'm understanding what you're saying. Mm. Is it, is it both or is it one of the two that I'm about to say? Is it both you're saying U.S. brands should expand into the U.K. and set up systems yeah. and structure and infrastructure and have a U.K. website and all that stuff too? Or mm -hmm. is it is it and or is it just look at some, what a product or brand is doing in the U.S. and launch your own competitive kind of on its own standalone thing in the Honestly, U.K. It's, version? It's a good question. It's it's truly I think it's a bit of both. If I'm If I'm a U.S. merchant... And I think I've hit any kind of saturation in the United States, or frankly, even if I haven't, like if I've just got some momentum, some kind of audience that is growing in the US, whether it's just opening up like Shopify markets, you know, if you're using Shopify on the back end, just like building a dedicated um, site or just a, a dedicated experience that is for UK shoppers or European shoppers, I would definitely suggest that. Even if you're still shipping from the United States, like just test it. If you see any kind of traction, like just go to a 3PL. I mean, you know, for instance, I use Hutch in London. But like, go to those guys, just open up that side of it and put some product in a UK warehouse so that you're getting like one or two day shipping if you see traction. But yeah, on the flip side, like there's, there's definitely, I think, a lot of opportunity um, for people in the UK that are looking at the US to, to look at like what's working. Where is the product market fit? What are the brands that are actually starting to take off? What are the products that are taking off in, in the US? 
by and large, I, I swear to God, obviously just one guy's opinion, random dude on the internet, but I, I definitely see things that do come across within like two to five years. I think you can be really early to it. Interesting. That's fascinating, man. And it, you're, you're saying it's starting to get a little quicker. You, you mentioned 12 to 24 months for some things now and these trends. Um, but you said it's about what? One fifth the size of the U S yeah, yeah. public, public math is awful. Don't do it. But I just, <laughs> I just tried. It's about 20% of the total U S market. But I like the, I like the point about just flipping up. It's not that simple. I don't think it's as simple as clicking a button. There's a little bit more thought to it, but, uh, the UK markets and Shopify, and then eventually like finding somewhere to have someone store your products and ship it out for you there. But that's a, it's really good stuff. And I think that's something for, I think a lot of brands, like, especially if you're, if you're hell bent on staying D to C and you don't want to go into retail, then I kind of think that by definition, you will eventually have to explore other areas of the world. If you're, especially if you're just us, yeah. uh, depending on your category, depending on your goals and your ambitions and all this stuff, like, um, yeah. And just another random guy on the internet with a microphone. <laughs> uh, I think eventually if you want to get a sizable, bigger brand, and we're talking tens of millions of dollars uh, and like eight figures and beyond, and I'm not saying you need to do this right away, but I think it makes more sense. And it's uh, might be cheaper. <laughs> like you said, ad costs are cheaper. Shipping is cheaper. Yeah, you might not get as much scale that way, but if you're the first one there and kind of make your little mark and yeah. get a lot of those people and you're able to do it more efficiently, well, it might be worth the time and effort. So mm. I see what you're saying. And I think it's, uh, I think it's really neat, really something to consider. Yeah. That sums it up pretty well. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, Dad, thanks for bringing that up and uh, holding on to your thoughts so we can talk about <laughs> it with the recording uh, on. So moving on, we got uh, a follow-up for Black Friday. Uh, Cyber Monday prep and planning. Uh, last week, I kind of scared the shit out of you by saying yeah, 96, that 96 days. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, I think it said 96 days, and now it's 89. You said 87. You scared the bejesus out of me. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, it's coming up. Uh, it's a week later. So uh, what what have you done since then? What's on your mind? What are you thinking about? How, do you, how are you approaching uh, this as we're still a couple months out? You still got some time. I guess to go sometime. Honestly, like the, I think you, you kind of brought it up last week. Like the, the first thing I went and did was just got more inventory. <laughs> like immediately just went and talked to manufacturers. I'm like, I, I need more now. <laughs> like yesterday. Um, Sorry, you need more. But like, how much more? Like, how, what did you base that off of? Like, is it from last year? Is it from this current year? What? Hey, dude, just give me more. Like, give me more product. <laughs> like, like, how did you get to that point? And kind of how can we like help other people think about that? Is it as simple as, oh, give me 4X, like what I've been doing? Like, I don't know. Um, so it's it's a bit of a process. I mean, by and large, like it's been going back to sales for last year, if I'm honest, looking at if, you know, if, if I've got that data. Um, typically, you know, if I've got a year's worth of data, I'm looking at last year. If I've got two to five years, I'm looking at the whole thing and really just seeing like what sort of growth have we done over Q3, Q4. I'll be honest, I'm being a little bit conservative. I think the more I read, the more I... Um, kind of listen to other experts in this space, the people that you know are far, far, far ahead of me and far more successful than me, running many like multitudes of bigger brands than I am. 
I, I'm desperately just trying to get like information from them and figure out like what are they seeing, where are they expecting this to go. By and large, I think, and we may all be completely wrong. I think it's a case of like assume you might see some growth from last year, but if so, not a lot. It's probably going to be flat. Um, if anything, it may actually shrink, which is okay. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking at like, okay, what did we do last year? Let me get enough stock in so that we can at least like match that, maybe like an additional 10%. It, I think if, for, for me personally, I think if we hit the same targets as last year, so hit the same sort of KPIs as last year, I would be happy. To, like if we don't actually grow in Q4 this year, that's, that's okay. I think we're actually going to be more profitable. Uh, we've pulled back just in the last few weeks, kind of across the board of like pulling back on ad costs just to really see like, is there more efficiency that if you had? And really just looking at, I mean, it's kind of been a recurring conversation you and I have had for the last few weeks, of like just looking at the efficiencies in the business and like, where is the waste? How much are we overspending on, you know, whether it be Facebook ads, Google ads? Um, yeah, have we got a ton of leads on, on email lists that really shouldn't be there anymore? You know, these people are, haven't done anything in a couple of years. Like, why are we still paying for these subscription numbers? Um, looking at apps, I'll be honest, kind of just going through like my own stores of looking at stuff of like, you know, had this installed for 12 months, like the, the landscape has changed. You know, there are so many competitors that have popped up. And as much as I might know the founding teams behind a lot of these apps, and I, this, I'll be honest, I, I always get told about this. I feel shitty as all hell because, you know, I may have a great relationship and I'm, I'm literally like emailing these people like, I love you. I love what you built. But chances are like, unless we can kind of match the price, like I'm going to uninstall and go get something else. And it's nothing personal. Like this is just, this really is just a case of this is business at this point. Which sucks. <laughs> yeah, but it's it, it's doing that as a whole. Just looking at the efficiencies. Okay. So, so yeah. So yeah, it's nothing personal. It sucks. Like that's the, that's a double edged sword of like being so connected and like involved in the like the space and Shopify, D 2 C land and Twitter and all this stuff. It's like it's not. It's like really not personal. Like <laughs> I like the product. It's just it's purely like hey, uh, I got to cut costs somewhere. And this other app is like basically the same thing, maybe not quite the same, or I have to get used to the workflow or the interface, but it's going to save me 200, 2000 bucks a year, you know, that adds up. So that's, 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 that's kind of the thing. It's, it's those kind of decisions I'm looking at, you know, it's not the five or $10 a month app. It's the ones where we're paying like three, four or five, you know, maybe a thousand dollars a month. And it's like, it's, maybe this needs to change. <laughs> Right, right. So you're looking at apps, you're looking at inventory, you're looking at the past years, you're, you're ordering, you're, your mind is kind of at, if we match last year's um, numbers, that's great. That's good. Uh, especially in this recession, we're coming exactly. off, down, uh, adjusting from the pan the huge spike from the pandemic, all mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. And you're lowering ad costs. So if you hit the same, like you said, if you hit the same revenue target, you might make more money. Like you said, might be more profitable because you're spending a little bit less on that. So yeah. uh, that's good. So then after you order more inventory, what, what's kind of, what else are you thinking about uh, as we're a couple months out? So it's, it's now, it's now starting to look at like, okay, where's, it's kind of contrary to what I've just talked about in, in some ways. I mean, it's, <laughs> Which hopefully make a little sense in a second. It's it's like, we, how do we now start to build the lists and prep the lists while ad costs are not astronomical? You know, we're still right. in Q3. It's what well, time recording is right at the end of August, I think. Mm -hmm. it's be here. <laughs> um, so like, yeah, Astrocots, we're not into November. We're not into really like October when things, we start to see them spiking. So it's like, okay, how do I buy those leads right now? How do I get people into my funnel that are interested and get them onto my list? So I'm cleaning out, you know, everyone that I don't think is going to convert. I'm starting to now pull in and I'm starting to go far more aggressive on 
how do I ask for referrals from existing customers? How do I make sure that people are talking about the brand more? You know, how am I giving like incentives to get people to just talk about us, share us, build like some kind of virality? And I'm not talking like millions of views. I'm like, how do I get one customer to go and tell three um, and build that out? So that, you know, then as we get into October, we'll then start running like more in the way of email and SMS campaigns or lists that we own and getting people kind of excited that there is something coming around Black Friday. So let's start building those early birds. Let's start getting people into more of a, a cadence in, in the fact that like, yeah, they're used to getting like a weekly email from us and we're at the bottom of every single one, like just teasing. Like if you're thinking about buying, like maybe hold off, like <laughs> there's something coming. Okay. So now you're kind of thinking of you're, you're in the preparing and planning phase. You got your inventory. You're going to start teasing it out. You're trying to think of how to build up the email and SMS lists. Uh, and you're trying to talk to them. I love the point about not trying to go viral. You're trying to get one person to tell three. Like if half of your customers did that, that adds up a crap ton. Um, so that's a really good way to thinking about it. Uh, one thing that came to my mind while you were talking and I, I was listening to you, but my mind also <laughs> took a little detour about maybe just literally thinking at, and this is not a new, new idea. I'm sure I heard this from somewhere else before, but making like a close friends list on Instagram or mm -hmm. these platforms. And it's like, Hey, if you want to sign up and get early access and VIP access, like if you want to make sure you hear from us, like let us know, we'll add you to our close friends so that, you know, that, that little bubble that shows up in their top of the stories, like that's, that's free, right? That just mm -hmm. takes time. And if you're budget conscious, you were talking about cutting these costs. That's, that's, if someone likes going on Instagram and spends hours, an hour or two a day on Instagram, that's just as good or if not better than uh, a text message or an email. Yeah. So just try to like meet, depending on where your brand is at, where your customers hang out, where your community is in air quotes, mm -hmm. like that's just another way to think about it. So yeah, that I idea came to mind. That's it's not too costly, but it takes more time, but. It, it definitely takes more time. I mean, actually, you even talking about that. The, the biggest example I can think of is Obvi, their Facebook community. And I don't know if you've ever looked at it. I don't know if you've joined it. I mean, I, to be honest, I joined it purely from a selfish point of view of like, I want to know how the hell these guys are using this. You know, it's, it's a community of like, what, 50, 60,000 of their customers yeah. at this point. And the two founders of Obvi are in there all the time talking about like new products, things that they're testing, things that they're considering even making. You know, they do like a... It's either a daily or like a live weekly call where they just get people to come on, ask questions, give feedback on the product, give feedback on the brand. Like, what are they doing right? What are they doing wrong? And then they'll, they'll kind of pitch like, here's what we're thinking about bringing out next. Here's what we're thinking about doing for Black Friday. Is this something you guys would be interested in? And they, as much as like they're, they're getting feedback from the audience, like they're exciting their customers at the same time. They're just building this swell of momentum. And you're right. Like it's, it's basically free. It takes time. You got to actually go in there and... I think Oscar, I think it's the hardest part most people seem to miss is like you have to actually care about the customer. It's it's not just a, a Facebook acquisition at this point. It's like how do I drive these real human beings into this Facebook group and like live and die by what they believe? And just be there for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Uh they yeah, they've done a ton of uh posts and threads and talking about their Facebook community yeah, success and uh what they do and you've you talked about a lot of them. Uh so it's like it's like you can use that chance to even test the uh, offers, not even just new products. Like, hey, like 
that's one thing like you're talking about most of the year. Hey, we're thinking about this new product, this new flavor, this new product line, right? Like there's those things you can talk about. But I'm thinking as we head towards Black Friday, like, hey, did you like what we did last year with this two for get buy two, get two free? Or did you do you want to bundle? Do you like what do you guys like? How can we best make you guys spend the most money without saying that? Like, what do you guys want from us? So that way, then you can figure out, okay, which which of these combinations have the best like contribution margin and like gross margin for us? And, or do we have excess inventory in certain things? Should, is it a mystery gift where we could just then, you know, push out the excess stuff and yeah. then we can restock? Like there's a bunch of ways you can, you craft the offer by talking to the customers, talking to the community that we're, like we're saying. So yeah, it does. Yeah. Taylor, actually, I'm kind of neglecting to mention, like the other thing we're doing right now is like actually testing the offers that we've been running during Black Friday. So like Amazon Prime Day was a prime example, you know, with, Brands I own are not on Amazon. I'm not interested, which is possibly, I'll be honest, I'm actually changed my mind on that. That's maybe not the conversation for another time. Um, but like, you know, Prime Day was a prime example of us like testing our own offers. Yeah, it was like 20% off. You know, we, we're not am, on Amazon, but this is a shopping day. We know people are in that sort of mental space. They're out shopping. Okay, let's take advantage of that. Right now, and like back to school sales, same kind of thing. We're running like, you know, a three, four day campaign and just testing like another offer. So we've done like the 20% off. Now we're maybe doing like buy two, get one free. And we'll look at that and again, see which performs better. You know, what's resonating with the audience? What's the conversion rate like? Like how many people are coming through those ads and subscribing? How much is that building the list? You know, all these kind of little touch points that we can test in the months running up to Black Friday. So when we get to Black Friday, we can look back at like the last three months of data and say, that was the offer that performed. Either, you know, it was a straight discount that performed really, really well, or it was the buy two, get one. So, okay, maybe we take exactly that same offer or we just put it, you know, maybe it's like, I'll get one free or something that we're going to do a Black Friday. Like We know that that structure and that campaign structure works. Right. Yeah. I think it's good to just reiterate that you're testing the offer before Black Friday and you're not testing the offer on Black Friday. I think that will lead to overcomplication for yourself and for customers. Uh, you'll have to double all the work from landing pages, website copy, emails, texts, ads, like, and, oh, how do I know which one's winning? And like, oh, the first half of the day, like this one's doing well. But like, man, that, that just sounds like a lot of effort and work for probably not the like biggest squeeze and return of your time yeah. and resources. So I think it's good to mention that. Appeal is like, you know, yeah. full, full disclosure, like I have done that in the past. I, I've yeah. totally been like that. <laughs> That person that got into like a week before Black Friday, like, yeah, I need an offer. Building it, like getting into, like you said, we're doing like a four day event, getting like halfway through the first day, like, shit, this is not working. Throw it all out, start again. Like, I've, I've been that guy that's just sat yeah. in the house and I, I don't ever want to repeat it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, it's both theory and experience here. Like, uh, I've worked with clients in the past that have been really planned out and just like, cool, here's how we're going to execute the plan. Um, we can spend more if it's working well, and if it's yeah. not, spend less. <laughs> it's not like, shit, change out all these ads, <laughs> change out the landing page, change out the URL. Uh, what do you think about this? And it's like, I'm not working on new stuff on Black Friday. No. Like, I'm monitoring what's going on and yeah. either upping the spend or lowering the spend. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, that is, yeah, yeah you're 100% right. Like, that is, that is definitely words of guidance that I would give to anybody now. It's like, if you're if you're going into Black Friday with a strategy, stick to it. Like, do not 
do not start changing it halfway through because you'll not only confuse the heck out of yourself, you will confuse everybody that's buying from you too. Because <laughs> they come yeah. to the they want it's one offer, they come back the next day, like, what happened? Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> yeah, don't want to... <laughs> then, then you get into the customer support, customer experience of like, oh, well, I bought on this day and now the offer's better. Can I get that applied? And all that time and brand equity and like all that stuff, like, you might end up losing money and time and it may not be worth it anyway. Yeah. So I think that's, um, I think that's really good. I think it's really smart. So, um, we can keep touching on black Friday as it keeps getting closer. We can get more specific with it as we go the next few weeks and months. Um, wanted to, uh, any, anything else you want to, I'm curious on? from, from like your side and you know, the clients and stuff that you're working with or consulting with, like, what are you kind of doing at this point? Where, where's your, your head kind of at? You obviously like, 80 days out or wherever we are. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's less about, um, yeah, it's less about actually building those lists now, so to speak for black Friday. It's more about, Hey, buy like just a, a, from a client side and client, like freelancer consultant perspective, it's, Hey, by the way, black Friday is coming up just to make sure it's on your, uh, on your radar, <laughs> on your radar. Like there's only so many levers I can pull right this second, but like, let's start thinking about it. Let's talk about it. Let's make sure that we have a game plan. Let's talk about the game plan soon. Um, probably I want to start increasing spend in September and October and just setting the expectation and making sure I communicate that our return will likely be lower than it normally is throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that's missed and that can make uh, client communications and relationships and brand freelancer, brand agency, all these, all this stuff. So chaotic is like setting expectations appropriately. It's not just, Hey, I'm going to ramp up spend. Well, 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 why? Oh, we're not getting a good return today. Well, I'm not thinking about today, Mr. Mrs. Client. Um, it's black Friday in 12 days in 40 days. It's coming up. We, we are buying that cheaper traffic. Now we know that like it's cheaper and it can go. 50% to 100x, like not 100x, 100% more, uh, the same day when uh, all the big brands that normally don't uh, spend as much throughout the year, the big conglomerates, uh, everyone has like that, like last second Black Friday, like every, that's that's the consumer time of the year. That's when everyone everyone's wallet's out, their credit card's out, they're ready to, they're ready to go. Yeah. So that's how I'm trying to like think about it at this point is just more setting, trying to set expectations and communicate and start the process of the ball rolling. Cause I can only do so much as a media buyer. Like I can't go buy inventory for them. <laughs> I can't, I can't tell them what the, their numbers are going to be in terms of, um, I can look at last year, how we did, <laughs> I can, but that doesn't mean that's the same, right? So there's there's a way less stuff that levers I can pull right now. It's more about communication and expectation setting. So, and then just keeping a keeping an eye on their what their cash flow situations like and their inventory. And if okay, cool, like shit, like actually for whatever reason we shouldn't really ramp up. Cool, that's great to know. Then I won't recommend spending more because we can't sell that much more. So that's all good to know. And that's something I have to start asking, right? That's that's different than me just saying we're going to start spending more. Like, I don't, that's not my 
authority to just start spending their money for them. Yeah. So that, that's how I'm thinking about it, Tom. So a quick reminder from our sponsor, ShareID. Find your next lifetime customers by providing verified discount codes based on occupation or life stage. Speak directly to veterans, students, teachers, first responders, and continue to tailor your messaging to them in the future with post-purchase emails and text messages. Make them feel seen with your brand by using ShareID to seamlessly verify their email in seconds during the purchase process. Go to shareid.com slash Shopify and start your free trial today. A quick note from our sponsor, just a little reminder that No Wave is the coffee for creativity, which us D2C folks need plenty of. Their signature flow state coffee is organic ground coffee with L-theanine. This is shown to help lower anxiety, improve brain function, and sharpen your focus. Tom and I have both tried it and have made it our coffee of choice when cranking on ad accounts and planning for big events like Black Friday. It's the perfect way to kickstart your workday whether you're at the office or working from home. Go to nowave.co and use pod 10 for 10% off your order. That is n-o-o-wave.co and use code pod 10 for 10% off your entire order. Yeah, moving on a little bit, similar vein, uh, Facebook ads, there's been some uh, chatter, some discourse uh, across the the Twitter. Uh, I've seen a lot of people talking about prospecting and retargeting campaigns. Some people are saying retargeting's dead. I don't even use retarget anymore on certain budgets. And uh, I just wanted, just like last week, we talked about Clavio and all that stuff. Like, just wanted to get your thoughts on this general thing. If you have any, like, are you still using retargeting? Do you have any specific situations where you wouldn't? Just wanted to open that up a little bit. It's, I'll be honest, at the moment, it's varied. Um, there are some accounts where we're still doing retargeting and it still works maybe on like much smaller budgets than we were using historically. And it's using actually talking about Clavio, it's using far more of the integrations of like, you know, taking people that are on the list that have not purchased and then connecting that segment over to a custom audience in Facebook. So, you know, we may have like in an ad set, like targeting website visitors, you know, people that engage with ads, people that watch certain things, and then also targeting the list. And we'll like, we'll just throw that in a stack and retarget that to build their audience out. Um, that's it, it is working. It is on smaller budgets that I would say that's working by and large, like I'm starting to shift and it's, it's, it's not a, a complete overall strategy. I can't say it's working on every account by and large. Like it's, it's then just, it's running ads essentially that are all prospecting in some ways. I know that it sounds a little naive, probably to anybody that's kind of an advanced media buyer has been in this for a while, but it's at this point building ads that match the audience. So like if I'm talking to runners, you know, my creative is all for runners. The, the copy is all for runners. And then like, I am throwing in like a stack of like, you know, remarket these people exclude these people into that. So, and then I'm like, I'm leaving, you know, um, basically like advanced matching and all that sort of stuff, like turned on it, you know, wider audiences, like a Facebook deems that someone else is perhaps interested in this, like go off and find them. Like I have, I've definitely got to the point in the last few months, I'll be honest, of kind of just trying to get out of the way of Facebook as much as possible. I'll be honest, like a lot of this came from talking to the guys at Kinship and watching them like run our ad accounts. It really is like just hand the keys over and just let the machine get on with the damn thing. Like, you know, put, 
put maybe like some some guidance rails in place. You know, if, like for instance, bowling. Like put the rails up if you need them. But once like the balls are going down, you know, you're hitting strike after strike after strike. Like drop them if the ball wants to go somewhere else. Like once you go another lane, like just let it go. <laughs> That's great. That's a great way to think about it. And I uh, share pretty similar thoughts uh, yeah, on do. that. Is that it's um retargeting can still be effective and sometimes it's just like so effective of like you're a uh, five or a 10x return just for retargeting and you're like cool well i don't want to turn this off but i also know that i can't really scale it so it's not like before that it used to be this like i how i used to think about budget allocation was like depending on your brand and aov and size and all this other stuff and other channels like 60 to 80% of your budget up to 90% is going to be prospecting like brand, hopefully brand new traffic. Yep. And so I just don't think it's that cut and dry and it never was to begin with like 60 to 90% still a huge range. Um, so I think it's just more prospecting generally and generally less money on retargeting. Yeah. If you do end up having an offer, if you have other products that might make more sense uh, to get them into the brand, that's not your, one hero skew or hero offer that is just the, the bundle or the um, whatever's working for you, like you can still have other ads and other sh stuff going on. So yeah. that's kind of generally, I agree with where your head's at, but it's, it does depend on my account by account basis. Yeah, it, it yeah. does. And that, that's kind of the problem. There's not like this cure rule strategy, I would say that is fundamentally working on every account. It, it really is a case of like, it's testing and, and see what works. I tell you, like one of the biggest things that we're actually doing right now is like not running exclusions on most ads, or if we are, like it's very few. Yeah, and I mean it's it's one for a couple of reasons. I remember years ago having a conversation with the guys from Huel, um, big supplement brand here in the UK. Yep, yep. and they were talking that they were actively like retargeting customers between thirty to sixty days, and again, like pulling that list from email as a customer audience into their prospecting ads. And it wasn't for the fact that like they wanted these people to repeat by it was they wanted the social proofs in the comments on those ads and it's it's something that stuck with me a lot it wasn't really something i put into practice i'll be honest until this year and I, that's kind of what we find it by like removing those exclusions like we're getting past customers to actually comment and give honest feedback whether it's good or bad or whether it's you know product feedback on things like they wish that we would address or improve or something's gone missing but it, in that capacity like Again, because like we genuinely do engage in every ad and we reply to the comments and everything feeds into gorgeous and there is someone that's just on it within like 20 minutes of anything coming in, that actually gives us a chance to demonstrate in public like how we look after our customers, which exactly. I'm hypothesizing, but that seems to be bringing down ad costs and making those ads more efficient and actually building trust with new customers. Like I, I don't see it as a negative at this point. I don't feel like we're spending or wasting money on those people and like retargeting those people. No, no, I, I think you're thinking about it the right way. And I think that there's still some brands that like disable comments or like hide comments or don't allow them. And I think that's just um, defeating the purpose and point of the medium and the channel you're on. You're on social media. <laughs> you're not, it's not a TV ad <laughs> uh, where you can't actually really talk to people unless mm -hmm. they call the number on your screen. <laughs> or they're visiting your website and try to chat with you because they just saw the ad either from TV or Facebook, yeah. for example. So I just think that that's you're thinking about it the right way. And I think more brands should continue to encourage that and communicate. And of course, like 
you hopefully don't want them to trash you or like bring up super specific issues that are like, oh, I just wish you would have emailed me about this. Like, I'm happy to check your order number and like take care of you and email. Like, um, but yeah, sure, do it on the ad comment. Sure, I'll talk to you there too. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I understand there's a time and place for it, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny, you're even saying that. I mean, we, we don't get wrong. We definitely get that. And there's there's been a few instances, actually, just in the last week or two, where, like, you know, we've, we've had people just trolling us in the comments. And, 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 like, I used to get rid of a lot of that stuff. And I'll be honest, I, I missed, well, I say I missed, the VA missed one, didn't take it down, kind of left this thing running. And it was really interesting to actually see, like, existing customers basically come back and, like, fight our corner before we even got to it. There was, like, 20, 30 comments beneath this of just, like, justifying who we are, what we do, and what the brand stands for, and everything we've achieved so far. It's like, I'm going to leave that there. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. There was so much social proof of like, you know, literally 30 customers just singing our praises. Like, sweet. <laughs> Troll they, <more. laughs> Yeah. And then, like, that's so good. And uh, you didn't tell them to do that. They didn't, like, feel... They felt so compelled that they like your product, the brand, the yep. people, whatever. And then, then you get to learn and see how they communicate about you. Yeah, you do. On your on your ad, so then you can either steal that language and that copy, mm -hmm. and be like, "Oh, this is how we should explain this." Like yep. we don't, we, we've I think we've talked about it a few weeks ago, but we're so close, we're so on the brand day in and day out. We don't always know how a brand new customer is going to perceive it. Like this mm -hmm. is all that's on our mind twenty four seven. We think we know the talking points, but like those customer examples are real life examples on those ad comments. Huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. so really, really good, um, really good chat there. And yeah, it's not retargeting probably still effective for a lot of brands, but it's not guaranteed and it's not nearly as high of a budget to kind of recap the start of that point. No. So, um, Actually, one thing I just, I know we're yeah. running out of time. The other thing I was going to ask you, have you played with advantage plus accounts or advantage plus uh, campaigns at this point? Have you got any experience with them yet? Not or, yet. No, no, uh, to be honest, I, I'm. I'm dabbling with them. And initially, like we got access to them back in April, I think it was that like, we first started. Okay. I, I don't know how we got access. We were not supposed to. <laughs> Every time we put to a rep, she's like, I don't even know what these are. <laughs> but like, I can say genuinely, they are performing a lot, lot better than anything else that we're running. Really? Uh, and okay. again, for anyone that's, that's listening that doesn't know, Advantage Plus is basically like Facebook's they initially wrote it out as like it was just a name change. It seems to be more to do with actually the algorithm and how these ads are approaching. It's just leaning into more machine learning even more. I can tell you like retargeting on that does seem to be performing a lot better. An in-platform attribution seems to be performing a lot better with that. Again, it, it's early days, but if you've yeah. got access to it and you kind of think like it's just, it's not even worth looking at, like it is. Genuinely just play with it, test it. Again, like everything else in the ad account, but just put a small amount of budget behind it and, and see what works. Nice. I, I yeah. was very skeptical, but it, it yep. seems to be paying off. Uh, skeptical until proven otherwise is a good way to approach any, basically any new uh, feature from any advertising platform, not just Mr. Zucks and uh, but <laughs> Google and TikTok and Snapchat and all these. Uh, it's like, oh, brand new feature. Whoa, this is going to change. Like, there's going to be bugs. There's going to be stuff that doesn't work. It's But at the same time, like, if what you are doing isn't working and it hasn't been working for a while, then test, test it out. Uh, one, just one last note on that is I did see uh, people were like, yeah, they, it looks like it's performing well, but it's a lot of view through attribution. 
So just something to, to keep in mind uh, to double check. And if you're only on Facebook, then maybe that's not the worst thing, but just something to keep in mind. Um, mm. So uh, good, good point there on Advantage Plus. And we'll, I'm sure we'll talk more about that later on as um, the months go. Last one, more of a fun one. We got a tweet from, uh, hey, it's Alex P. And she writes the No Best Practices newsletter. She's super freaking smart. She comes from like 10 plus year retail background and has been on Twitter the last couple of years and has been really an awesome community team member, not even team member, community member. Um, and so she added a cool tweet of, and it's a hypothetical, right? So if I gave you a hundred points to build the perfect D2C brand, how would you distribute them across? And then she lists a bunch. So product, logistics, talent, acquisition marketing, attention marketing, brand, web experience, operations, promos. And then she kind of cheekily says, now go check your answer against last month's income statement. So I think uh, I think the way I want to approach this and how I want to go just to chit chat and banter the next few minutes is just from a brand, like brand new start. We're starting a brand together tomorrow, Tom. Mm -hmm. Like where are we spending our hundred points? <laughs> what are we focusing on? You answer, then I'll answer and we'll kind of I'll discuss. I was ask you to go first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'll go first. I'll go first. I'll start. I'll start. Okay. All right. So um, I ultimately agree that I looked at comments and have been following this thread for a couple of days, but I think, okay, it's a hypothetical question. Mm -hmm. uh, I know my talent as the operator who would be running this, right? I know my strengths and weaknesses. So I am not the person to make something with my hands or create or invent something new. So I'm going to need more points into product and logistics, right? I, yep. my talent is acquisition marketing, caring about customers, uh, strategy, how the dots connect throughout the customer funnel and thinking of ways to iterate creatively and to keep acquiring new customers and to keep the past customers, right? So knowing that, knowing my strengths and my experience, I would put like 40 to 50 points in product uh, and then at least 10 in logistics. So say 40 and 10, right? Like that's 50 points. So that's half of my 100 points gone so far. I'm going to be the talent uh, for acquisition marketing in the beginning mm -hmm. and then, uh, and retention marketing, uh, I mean, you can get a lot done with basic like Clavio flows that aren't super yep. fancy, well-designed, um, cause that's not my strength, but I think I could do the basics enough and put my points elsewhere. So mm -hmm. then where else I would also put a lot of points is the brand and web experience. So those are two different ones, but um, again, not a designer, not a developer, but mm -hmm. I can speak to those people and kind of work with them to figure out how to make a good brand and a web experience depending yeah. on the product. So I'm not the one that's going to sit there and Photoshop and Illustrator and like, all right, here's your new brand palette. Like it looks sick. Like, no, like, but I can say, oh, I like this. I don't like this. Like, let's look at these brands, that sort of stuff. And then see how it applies to who we're going after as our customer. So I'm thinking 
30 points between those two. So I'm up to 80, um, 15 and 15, for example, Brandon Webb. So that's 80 points gone. So uh, I would throw in like, ten, like the last 10 or 20 points. I'd throw into talent, short form content creators and say, hey, you're the face of TikTok. You're the face of YouTube. We're going to start, we're going to start cranking out organic content, long form and short form. You make a bunch of shit. <laughs> you like make, <laughs> like, like make content become part of the community and engage with other people. And you start building that arm and I'll go run the ads. I'll take care of email and I'll work with the people to build it full site. That's mobile friendly. It's mobile first loads fast, all the apps and stuff, right? That's my hundred. I have nothing on promos because we're not going to retail because it's just DTC yet. So like no discounts or, uh, and nothing on, uh, operations, which is like, I don't really even know. Like I, I put my points in logistics, <laughs> so I don't know what, like what operations would be. Uh, if it's just me at the start with like a couple content creators, I think that's fine. I don't think it would need much ops for that, but that's just how I would start. Um, you know, and then that would change over time as, as we grow and go, but that's how I would start my brand if I got to be able to do this, uh, you know, tomorrow. So that's, that's how I went first. So you got to see what I was thinking. Uh, any, any thoughts before you move on to yours? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely got a wheel spinning. I'll be honest. <laughs> you it's funny. I only saw this for the first time today and I think you're, you're you're right. I'm just looking through a couple of the comments as you were speaking, and Taylor Sickard, I can see, is like one of the first that's in there, and he's saying, you know, basically it, it depends so much on like what stage of the journey you're at. You know, he's got like to build versus grow versus scale, all required a wildly different distribution of points, and he's, he's yep. right. And you even just touched on it there of like the point at like when you're getting started is very different to when you're like a few months in. Like the focus shifts so fast. I think that's the. I think just in like this community, we do a bad job of like talking in absolutes. Like everybody oh, yeah. has to run the business the same way. It's terrible advice. <laughs> so that's starting out that's bootstrapping is in a wildly different place to someone that is starting out with 10 people on the team. And they've just raised like a $5 million valuation. There is such different points that it's impossible to give the same advice to the same two people. Absolutely. Um, my world, I'll be honest, is by and large, like it's, it's the bootstrappers. It's the guys and girls that are trying to build businesses for the first time. Cause that's where I started. Like I, that's my path. That's the one I know that's my truth. But I, I think you're right. Like I put so much emphasis into product because I, I think you and I have both seen, you know, we, we've kind of come across brands that have done a quote unquote, like bad job of running Facebook ads. And I know before we got on this call, we were kind of talking about this a little bit, um, but that still with a great product have achieved fantastic numbers, even running like crappy ads. Multi-million dollar <laughs> revenue, like yeah. just up seven figures and above because good. they figure out the product, they figure out the brand, figure out the customer, and they just put the ads out there and yeah. didn't fuck with Facebook too much. And like, didn't, didn't, <laughs> just put it simply and just to like, oh, I'm gonna like, this is my perfect media buying strategy. Like they have 10 ads in there for the last year. And like two of them have over 100K spend each. And like, those are the ones that are working. Like mm -hmm. sometimes, sometimes <laughs> we're so in our own way. So in our, so in our own head. So, okay. You would put a lot into product. How much, about how much? Honestly, I think I'd be with you. I think like probably about 40 of those points, 40 out of the hundred yeah. points I would probably put in a product. Okay. And it's funny, you, you touched on something else with like, you know, Clavio and email flows. 
I, I know guys that are running eight figure brands with text only emails. <laughs> and it honestly, God, it blows my mind because I go into the back, like the back end and I see their accounts and I see the numbers and I talk to them about like margins and what it costs them to acquire a customer. And again, like they're running shitty ads, shitty flows and they're killing it because yep. the thing that they focused on was building a brand. And I don't mean a brand that looks pretty and is designed well, like, <laughs> I, I I know of several guys that have literally spent like $200 on, on a Fiverr designer, basically to go out and build a brand. And by brand, I mean like, you know, choose the colors, pick a logo. The brand has come through with like trust and actually looking after the customers and just building this great product, which built more trust, which built the brand. And they just, they found the direction along the way. They didn't polish everything to begin with. And they're still there, I'll be honest. <laughs> it blows my mind. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so 40 in product. And does that mean you're not putting that much into brand? Or what, what's your next point allocation? Because take for me, I would take in mind like your skill set, your background, right? Mm. Like, where, where are you strongest in? Where do you not need to spend points? I think it, it yeah, I think from like my standpoint, it's changed a lot. You know, I think I've, I spent a lot of time focusing on acquisition, a lot, a lot of time focused on retention. And I think through that, I have put a, a big focus on logistics, I'll be honest, a huge focus. The conversation I had last Thursday when I was in London was um, was talking a lot about like the unboxing experience as being like the only one like tangible moment you have of connection with your customer. You know, we have email, we have SMS, we have all the ads, we have all the digital side of things. But the thing that I can actually pick up and hold in my hands and see and feel and smell or taste or whatever it, whatever the product is, that unboxing experience and the fact that it gets to me in either like two days or it's seven weeks, that experience to me is very, very, very different. <laughs> Huge. The the quote that will stand out and is burned into my mind. I I don't know if he was the original one to say it, but it got popular because of Taylor Holiday was the unboxing experience is the only part of the customer journey that has a 100% open rate. I love that. That's perfect. Yeah. Any, any ad, any email, any SMS will never get a hundred percent. And so if you actually have a customer who bought the product, they're going to be the one that opens it unless it's a gift, which is mm. if you're a gift brand, then okay. But someone else is still opening it. Yeah, That's, that's huge. So I think that's underlooked and still underrated at times, but just, just to, uh, again, uh, play devil's advocate, like uh, not an absolutes. <laughs> I know of a brand that is over 30 billion, that is white basic mailers, no boxing unboxing experience, no fancy spancy, nothing. And That's it's basic, basic, basic. And the product is king and queen above everything. And so it's just like, cool, got the product, it works, sweet. So it's like, even as we're saying here, we, we just said three minutes ago, oh, we talk in absolutes and we don't need to do that. And then here we are, like seconds later, like, oh, it's all about the unboxing experience, bro. Um, you know, I don't I don't know. It just, I just want to throw that out there as like to just make sure that you don't take everything we say so seriously. And no, like, so it's a gospel. Don't. Yeah. No. Like, like you say, like, would you, I mean, would you say... All right, just taking like that brand, we yeah. don't need to name it, but he's rich. Yeah. Do they deliver quickly? Yeah, and it's, 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 they deliver pretty quickly. Yeah. Okay, so the, there is that advantage. Would you say they cared about it more when they were first starting? Like, do you think that's maybe drifted over time where like initially, like first thousand customers, they were like obsessing over the unboxing experience? No, no, I think, 
I think it's literally been just ignored the whole time. I think really? that's just how they started. That's the cheapest way it started out. Huh. And it just, that's, it worked. And like, like they just focused on everything else. <laughs> and then now it's like, well, it's still working. Why would we spend more cents, more dollars per thing if no one's complained about it? If no one's yeah. asking for the unboxing experience. So I think ultimately, if you're building the perfect D2C brand, as the question implies, mm. I think that is one thing to keep in mind because that is part of the, oh, we get more organic posts, we get more loyalty, we get more hype, we get more stuff if we have a good unboxing experience and if yeah. it works for your brand and product. Yeah, it's what I think I'm going back to like the first podcast that you and I did together where we were talking about like, you know, Basically, like if you were marketing, like which three channels would you focus on? And I think this is almost the same. Like, I think there are there's so many different ways and so many different combinations and like allocations of this that they all win. Like, there's so many ways to there are so many ways to win. There's so many ways to build the seven figure or eight figure or like nine figure brand. Like, there really are. And I think this is kind of exactly what we're getting to. Like, you can obsess over product, and that can win. And you can obsess over the logistics, and that can win. Like, those two things together can build you a very profitable, healthy business. Yep. Equally, like you could have a shitty product, but if you, if you are an amazing copywriter, an amazing marketer, and you're still drop shipping from China, like again, I know guys that do this. <laughs> they run literally eight figure brands at like a thirty percent net margin, and they are laughing all the way to the bank and back. Like they are just they know what their talent is. They lean into it, and like that's the thing that worked for them. Like, I I know it's ambiguous. I know it feels like a scapegoat, but like there are yeah. there are so many different ways to win in this game. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah, no, there's definitely, there's no one way. This is an awesome hypothetical, but uh, so it's been fun to chat and talk about. Where would you, where would most of your points go besides product logistics? Um, and because you talked, you would be focused, uh, not even logistics, you have logistics, you have acquisition, you have retention. Would it, where do you kind of spend that last little bit of points? And then we can wrap up. Um, probably web, web experience. I'd yeah. say that's, that's one thing that definitely I've become more and more focused on over the years. I think really just because like the, the difference between like a 1% and a 2% conversion, like that small thing is literally like a doubling in your business, which is, it's huge. And yep. I, I, I'll be honest. I, I neglected it for such a long time. I, I kind of figured like, you know, if people are interested in the product, like they'll come back. We'll just badger <laughs> them to hell with Facebook ads and emails and SMS. And eventually they'll just come back and buy. Yeah. Whereas like now I'm like, we should be running some kind of A-B testing. Like we should actually invest in an audit report, invest in a designer to actually come in and execute this and a developer that can do this and do it well. Like I, I want a site that's loading stupidly quickly so that if somebody's looking at me versus the competitor, like they've already decided by the tech, by the time like half the website's loaded, they're already on it, they decide, like they're into it. That has become a far bigger thing in me. And I, I think a lot of that actually came out of like this whole iOS nightmare mm -hmm. <laughs> that so many of us fell into with ad costs going through the roof of like, Shit, if I'm now spending 40 pounds to acquire a customer, like, and I used to spend 20, I now either need like to, to, to stay at the same margin and the same rate of growth. I need to figure out a way to either like double my conversions or double what everybody's spending. <laughs> and right. the easiest lever to pull was really like, well, let's just double the amount of people that convert. Like, I know we've been lazy. We've not put time into this. It's kind of been like the last thing I ever invested in because I was doing it myself and like, ah, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, long, <laughs> short answer <laughs> to a long speech, <laughs> it yeah. would be web experience. Well, yep. That makes a ton of sense, especially with mobile being a thing. And, and especially with mobile. And like, 
depending on your brand and product, like so many kids and teenagers are just growing up with freaking iPhones and iPads and uh, devices and stuff like their internet, they're chronically online. And now even as they, people are getting older in air quotes, like they've are learning how to use this stuff. And you have to make sure that your brand and makes sense and like your text is big enough. And if you're speaking to that customer, so even in this answer where I, I super agree with you, it depends. So Tom, thanks for an awesome episode, a little bit longer than usual, but a lot of good stuff. Talk black Friday, talk cyber Monday, talk about expanding the UK, Facebook ad campaigns and a hypothetical perfect bread situation. So <laughs> a lot of good stuff. Um, Thanks everyone else. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Please drop us your feedback, your questions, your comments. We'd love to answer your, them on the show. We'd love to chat with you and would love to just keep jamming with you each and every week. So uh, we'll catch you next time. Definitely. Cheers.